0: Life with Josiah Ball. Hey there, guys! Hope you don't mind. Today's a little different for an episode. Today we are uh, going to be listening to a message I gave about two, almost two years now, ago now, and uh, 2021. I gave this message about loving. Um, it, it was you know the summer after COVID, where things really started to open up. Uh, more and more and uh, so talk a little bit about what it's like to love other people in this and so it's called love first Um, I make a joke that I gave it three titles love first love wins love is love because uh, I think like love has been twisted in so many different ways and and especially how the church uh, is is represents love in today's age and so hope you enjoy it Um, if you want you can share this episode. Uh, Next week we'll have another guest and yeah, I'm excited. So if you guys want a topic discussed, just DM me and I will find somebody to talk about that. So enjoy this message. Love first. You know, during COVID there was like everybody, everybody had their own experience and I had mine and I was living with four guys in a really, really small three bedroom house and, and we made one of the living areas into a bedroom as well. So it was kind of like a four-bedroom, but it wasn't. And we also had a dog. So that was the experience of 2020 with us. But we had a great time uh, bonding and growing and healing together as brothers. Uh, that was our experience. But there was weird things that happened. Very weird things. And for me, like, things that are weird are often uh, different than what's weird for other people. Usually for other people, what's weird is me. Um, but for me, what's weird is—and that's a joke—because um, I'm awesome. And what's weird for me is things like the res- some of the restrictions that were placed, right? We, you know, you may disagree with masks, you may uh, agree with them or different things. But the weirdest part for me was the restriction of the six feet between the urinals in the bathroom, because men are already separating themselves in the bathroom with that. If you don't know, (laughs) if you don't know, you go into the bathroom and it's all of a sudden, this one's out of order, then they skip one, this one's out of order, I'm like, but we're already doing that. Like, you don't need to change stuff up. Like, it's not like men, you know, they put those urinals way too close anyway, so it's like, sorry for the bathroom jokes. I love that things are opening up though my you know it's really exciting for me. My favorite part is not not just like I don't have to wear a mask anymore. My favorite part is that I don't have to wash hands anymore, so that is really <laughs> exciting. <laughs> I don't know why that was a big thing back' like wash your hands, like who's not? Some people aren't, I guess. but that's exciting. but I'm happy to be here. second service. I real. Good message today and my heart is full I gave it first service and I got the kinks out and now I get to give it a stronger this service so who's ready for that oh. awesome who loves love as much as I do I tell this message three different titles love is love love first and what was the other one love love wins yeah these are all controversial things in today and I decided to name all three of them my message um, it's weird that the word love is tossed around so blatantly. Uh I love uh, McDonald's cheeseburgers. I love uh, my wife. But it's like there are different meanings of love. I don't even know if the Bible had a, a word. And I don't think it's agape love for a cheeseburger. But, uh, you know, I don't know. There's, there's you know, your, how you feel in the moment of love is different. But people have taken the word love. And put it to their own personal agenda and it's been twisted and uh, contorted and uh, how the world sees love can be a little bit tainted. so I want to talk about how Christians should love today and how they think they love but they don't so you guys okay with that I have to go on this little trip with me so Dear Father, thank you so much for Encounter Church, Lord. Thank you that you set the example, the prime example of love, and you explicitly said, this is how to love. Lord, as we dive into the word and we dive into some of these stories, Father, I pray that your love comes alive in our hearts for this world and this generation, Lord. Thank you so much for all you do in your name. Amen. All right, so in the Bible, we got this guy. His name is Zacchaeus. Somebody say Zacchaeus or Zacchaeus, whatever you want to call him. Z, Zacchaeus. He, this guy right here, Zacchaeus, he was a wee little man. And a wee little man was he. (laughs) This is a true story because there's this guy, so this guy Zacchaeus, he climbed up into a sycamore tree just to see what he could see, you know? And so I, every time I'm reading through this, that song goes in my head and I just like, God, I gotta get truth out of this, not the song. Come on, what's going on? And so I want to talk about this man real quick, Zacchaeus. So you got the disciple Matthew, right? Matthew was a tax collector. He was hated amongst his brothers, he was hated amongst uh, his his personal family, and the disciples, and everybody that was Jewish in that time because he was a sellout. He Matthew was a tax collector, and tax collector were basically. Uh, guys that stole money, right? Then you got Zacchaeus. This dude was the chief tax collector. He was the tax collector that was, like, way above who Matthew was. And so they really didn't like this guy. So, you know, they they make him, like, they, they recognize that he has a short stature. He was small. But you see this guy. He's kind of, like, up hiding away in a tree, and he's looking down because he knows Jesus is coming, he's heard news, he's heard tales of him, but he's like, what is going on? I want to see for myself. Climbs up into the tree, and Jesus calls him by name. I'm going to read through it real quick. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry, down and, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when he saw... And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone into the guest of a man who is a sinner. Okay, pause right there. First off, you got a man who identifies as a chief tax collector. He identifies as a sinner. He this is his entire life. A rich man. This is who I am, and I don't care what the haters say. Jesus looks at him and is like, "You're Zacchaeus. You're my son." And I'm going to chill at your place tonight. I'm going to come to your house tonight. I'm coming to your territory tonight and make my presence known in your life. But then all the Pharisees and the bad you know, guys that are just like slandering Jesus and wanting to, they're like, this guy needs to figure out his life, Jesus, because he's going to eat at this guy's house, Zacchaeus, who is a sinner. Let me go on. It's almost like they put that in there, and it's completely ignored, because this is the goodness and love of God. After they're saying, like, blah, 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 you're a sinner, Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. What I learned from this is Jesus already knew what was ha- going to happen. And Jesus didn't take a guy and be like, man, you, you, you know, you, you got to change up a little bit before I come to your house. Can you clean up a little bit, kind of like, you know, wash the dishes, and before I step in, he's like, no, man, I'm coming to your house. He goes, yeah, I know what you think you are. I know what the world says you are, but you are my son. When you're in the presence of God, what you think you are and your identity or what you identify doesn't matter because when you're in the presence of God, the only identity that matters is you're his son. You're his daughter. So, Here's the thing. The world that we live in is like they want to be seen and heard. Zacchaeus just wanted to be seen and heard. You know, Zacchaeus is struggling. Like, I'm this person. I'm an outcast. I'm, I don't, people don't like me. I have to actually hide from my life because people might kill me. That was kind of his life. And he's just like, I just want to be seen and heard by somebody. I think he went up into that tree not just to see what he could see, but that somebody would see him because he was so sure. And he's like, will somebody just look at me and see me for who I am, who I was born to be. You belong before you believe. We got to get that. As we go into the world, as we go to our everyday jobs, we got to understand that it's like people belong in the kingdom before they even believe they belong there. There's not a uh, there's not a, like a, a guard at the front being like, let me check your ID. Mm, no, you, you don't believe this right way. Mm, no, you agree with this. Mm, nope, you're not this. You've got to go fix that before you come into this club. It's like, no, it's not a club. It's like, no, you already belong. The, the door's open. Actually, you have a private seat for you as well. But you don't need to sit there because you can be on the dance floor with the rest of us. It's great. Amen. Listen, in a couple times Jesus kind of confronts the Pharisees' knowledge. In Matthew 15:8 he says, "These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me." And in John 5:39 he says, "You search the scriptures because that <clears throat> because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness of me." People are rarely argued into the kingdom. Amen. Rarely. Unless God's like, hey, I want you to argue this person in the kingdom. I'm like, okay, God, I'll walk in obedience. But rarely, on a rare occasion, somebody is argued into the kingdom of God or coming to the understanding that they're forgiven. People mainly come into the kingdom of God by an example of agape love, the devotion to the Father, and the love that you'll portray when you interact with people. Nobody cares about your knowledge of the scripture. Here's the thing. You can say the Bible says all the time. You can, you can be like, yo, you shouldn't be doing the Bible says. You shouldn't be living the life like this. The Bible says this. The problem with still what the Bible says is what else the Bible says. And, again, you can argue back and forth. And then people will take the Bible and they'll try to make it so it fits their lifestyle better. And it's like, stop arguing what the Bible says. Stop saying, like, the Bible says you shouldn't have tattoos, Josiah. Sorry. <laughs> that's just speaking from experience of the past. Nobody thinks that here. The Bible, the thing that's the problem with what the Bible says is what else the Bible says, because people are going to argue this forever, but the only thing we can't argue is the abundance of love of Jesus. So when we represent the Father's heart to people, you can't argue that. And when they experience that love, they will be here. we got to stop arguing. It's better to sit down, sit down with people, listen, and love a person before waxing eloquent on the nature of their personal experience. So the verse I would use to kind of wrap up this whole entire, like, if this message was finished right now, which is not, hang with me, but the wrapping paper and the bow on top would be John 13, 34. Ta-da. So I give you now a new commandment, new being fresh, new being never seen, heard before. This is mind-blowing because I think what Jesus was doing is like, I don't want division in my people. Y'all are arguing and stuff. I don't want division. Like, Like, you got to listen to this. I'm about to go to the cross. He didn't say that, but in Jesus' mind, like, I'm about to go to the cross, and this this is the verse you better be listening to. This is the commandment you better hear. It's new, it's fresh, you never heard it before, right here. Love each other just as much as I have loved you. For when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you are my true followers. The church needs to be the example of love. The church needs to be the example of what love looks like. But today, I don't see that happening. And it challenges my heart. It challenges my gut because I just see us being recognized as the people of hate the people that will point a finger at somebody doing wrong in life before we say, hey, God loves you. And I don't want to be recognized as that. I don't personally want to be recognized like that, and I don't want the church because I love the church. I grew up in church. I never rebelled. People thought I was going to rebel because of the way I am because I'm a wild, crazy person, but I've never rebelled. I love Jesus. Jesus loves me. I've encountered him at a young age, and I'm never turning away. That's how it is my parents put that in me. My parents took basically rocks of slander towards me, saying, Josiah should know better. They took so much for me so I could be who I am today because they only showed me the love of Christ. And there's people out there that don't even know the truth of God that are getting slandered by the church and they're turning their backs and their hearts are becoming callous because of the hate of church people. And I do not like that at all. I hate it with a passion that people have a hard time loving people that don't look like them, don't act like them, or have a different theology than them. I have a hard time with it. Because Jesus loves. They will know you by your love. And we're not known by love yet. And John 8 there's a story of the woman um, caught in adultery. And through that, uh, you you see Jesus kind of like bend down and right in the dirt, and these guys are talking to him. I think Jesus was kind of ignoring them, partly, because he's like, these guys are idiots. And, uh, and in a kind way. If you read the scriptures, he's like, you guys are thick-headed, brood of vipers. He said some pretty crazy things to these guys, but... He bends down in the dirt. He could have been praying like, God, what do I do? Give me direction because I only see what the Father's doing. That's the other thing. Christians, we have a hard time. The more we spend time with the Father, the more we see what the Father's doing and what the Father is doing is loving and that's what we should be doing. That was a side note. You're welcome. But Jesus stands up and he's like, he without sin casts the first stone. And then one by one, They drop the rocks. And oldest, the youngest, because old people are mature than the younger people, more mature. I got to learn language. And one by one, they walk away. And this is profound. Jesus says to her and said to the woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and from now on, sin no more. Here's the thing Jesus was able to tell her, Sin no more. A lot of times, we can be like, we can stand on a street corner and be like, Hey, you're living a life that's wrong. You're living a life that's wrong. We can be with people in life and be like, yeah, you're living life that's wrong, and then people just don't even want to hang out with us. You can't speak into somebody's life unless you've connected with their heart first. Jesus connected with her heart and he said, I don't condemn you. At first, she was thrown at his feet, broken, hurting. Her identity was an adulterous woman. That's what they were calling her. That's what she was believing about herself. But Jesus is like, nah, I don't condemn you. Go. It's no more. He had her heart, was able to speak truth and life into her. People will not receive truth from you unless you have their heart, unless you walk life with them. So we got the story of in Luke, uh, before I get there. I I Uber a lot. And I'm a driver. I don't ride Uber cuz those, those drivers are weird. <laughs> um and uh no, that's not, I'm just kidding. I would Uber if I didn't have a car. But I Uber because I love meeting new people. I love meeting drunk people, too, man. Those are, those are the people that are just broken. They open up everything in life to you. They're the easiest people to get the hearts of, if you know what I mean. Like, it's like, oh, man, you're, you're hurting and broken. I hear you. And there's a lot of confession. It's almost like I'm a priest, and they're confessing to me. Like, it's, it's, it's really fun. But I, I love people. And if you get to know me, if you actually invite me to your house rather than, uh, Never mind if you invite me over and get to know me, you'll love me and you'll realize how much I love you. And because I love hearing people's stories. I ask people, like, so what's your story? What's your passion? What do you want to do in the future? Like, these are just, I just love hearing people's stories. And I hope they ask me that because I love talking about myself. <laughs> um, but when I, one time I was Ubering and it was like 2 a.m. at this point, And like, I'm just driving people everywhere. There's one girl I drove and she, uh, she had me bring her to a place. She went and bought some weed. And I got back in my car and brought her back to this other place. But she's just pouring her heart out to me about her father. And I was able to invite her to church. She never came, but it was fun to invite somebody to church. I have cards, uh, encounter church cards. If we do have those, if you want to invite people to church, give them to people. But they're in my car. I invite people to church all the time when I Uber them. And, but I don't do that really until I get to know their heart until I hear their story, but she's telling me about her dad who's been sick for years. I was able to pray with her, dropped her off, never saw her again, but I love planting seeds like that because God loves. But there was this one time, it was about 2 a.m., and I'm like, I got to go home. I am tired. I made my money. We're good. I'm driving down the road, and I see this lady walking down the sidewalk, and she looks so distraught. She was like, she looked like she was crying. She was barely wearing anything. And I was like, oh, my gosh. What is, like This lady is just, like, she looks like she needs help, like serious help. And God's like, just have to pull over. I'm like, I don't know, God. It's 2 a.m. And I don't want to pull over and put somebody in my car and figure, like, whatever. Yeah, I don't know what God wants me to do. And I was like, okay, God, I'll go with the flow here. I pull over, roll down the window. It's like, ma'am, are you okay? She comes up to my window. She goes... She goes, no, I just got done getting messed up by my uncle down the road, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know what that means. She used other language and messed up. But that's um, neither here or there. So I was like, well, do you need to get anywhere? And she's like, yeah, I need to get down to Lyle Lab. I was like, okay, I hop in the car. You know anything about Rochester. <laughs> so I'm like, get in the car. I'm like, well, I'll take you there. It wasn't like maybe like a minute or two that I realized uh, this lady's had the oldest profession in the world. Um She, and I was like, I was like, God, like, please don't let a cop pull me over. Because how am I going to explain that God told me to do this to this guy? Like, (laughs) it's like, the, so if you don't know, the lady, the lady was a prostitute. And, uh, so I'm driving her down this road and I'm just, it hit, it like hits me. I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And God, I just hear him say, love her. I was like, okay. Yeah. And like, I was like, I'm going to just love her. I was like, I'm driving. I'm like, I don't know what to say. I'm just going to drive. Can you tell me where to go, ma'am? She's giving me direction. And she starts bawling her eyes out, sitting in my car. And I was just like, are you okay? And she goes, please don't judge me. You know what I do for a living, blah, blah, blah. Like, bawling her eyes out. This is a five-minute car ride. And I was like, ma'am, I'm not judging you, like, I, you know, I don't care what you do, like, God loves you, and like, I was just able, there was just like, word vomit about just the love of God, and it's just 2 a.m. in the morning, and that's when a.m. is, um, <laughs> and I'm just pouring out love to her, and all of a sudden, she's, she's crying, and I was like, ma'am, can I pray for you? She's like, no, that's okay. I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, she gets out of the car, and she says, thank you, and God's like, you're probably one of the first men who have never laid hands on her to abuse her. And you treated her like a person. You saw her with my eyes. I was like, wow, God. Now, I don't recommend doing that unless God really tells you to, especially if you're a man. Um, and, you know, you need boundaries with people some, a lot of times, but the love of God gets over any kind of boundary. The love of God breaks through blindness. And in Luke 24, we see two of Jesus' disciples walking down a road. The road to Emmaus is kind of how they titled the chapter. And this is right after the resurrection of Jesus. Mary Magdalene already saw... Jesus, uh, at this point, and he, you know, she was like one of the first people, the first person that Jesus revealed himself to after his resurrection. She went and told all the disciples, became the first evangelist in that way, uh, first apostle. And but then Jesus, is like, I'm gonna go walk with these homies down this road, and God blinded their eyes to who he actually was. So Jesus is playing a character at this point. Uh, It's just like a traveler. And so Jesus is walking down the road. You know, I think sometimes when I was reading this and studying it, God was revealing his heart to me in this situation. And I think sometimes we need to walk with people before they realize who Jesus truly is. Because sometimes people can't hear it right away. And these two guys are caught mourning about what just happened because their expectation of Jesus, their, their expectation of who Jesus was was this guy that was going to deliver them from Rome, He's going to lead the charge, and, and it wasn't this guy that was just going to die. That was their expectation. So they already heard the news of the resurrected Christ, but they didn't believe it fully because like, there's no body, nobody's seen him. And they're telling Jesus this, who has been covered up he's in a disguise. Jesus or supernaturally God kind of like made him look like he wasn't Jesus. And Jesus they they mention how long the road was. The road was 17 miles. Now, I don't know if I'd ever walk 17 miles with somebody. You know, usually when we're doing that, we're running from something or we're in a race. So, because I have a car these days. But those days 17 miles you walked those places. So So Jesus, gosh, so Jesus, I did walk 26 miles with somebody, thanks. (laughs) Anyways, back on track. Jesus is walking down the road with these guys, and he's like revealing himself through scripture and walking with them. And they're getting excited their hearts. The, the word literally says, "Our hearts burned as we walked with him," but they had no idea it was Jesus. Sometimes we got to walk the journey with people and bring them into a place of understanding, bring them a place of like who the true love is, without telling them you're wrong in this area of your life, you're wrong in this area of your life, you're you're doing bad, you're a bad person, you're going to hell. That's it. Hell, the hell thing doesn't work because the love thing works a lot more with people because if we're preaching where are you going to go when you die a lot of salvation is in your death and not actually in the love of christ so i yeah. did so like let's just get that out of our, our encounter like having people encounter god like people don't encounter how people encounter the love of god let's keep preaching that all that kind of theology and stuff can come later whatever you, let's just proclaim the love of christ so anyways walking with these guys down this road, and he's like, "Yeah, all these scriptures point to what just happened. Jesus had to suffer. Jesus had to go through this so, to fulfill the prophecy. And then he, yeah, he had to read, like, are, you guys been walking with Jesus for about three years? How do you still don't get it? Sometimes you can have Jesus in your life and you still don't get it." These, all these guys, one Peter denied him. He walked with him for three years. One of the first called, first of the 12 called, one of them, he denied Jesus. Not everybody's going to get it right away. How long are you willing to walk with somebody in this life before they finally, it clicks with them? It's not our job to try to make somebody change. It's our job to love. Holy Spirit does the rest. So... This is profound. So they're walking, and they're like, hey, Jesus. Or they didn't know it was Jesus. They're like, hey, dude, come, come stay with us tonight. It's getting dark. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to walk. He walk into Emmaus. And they're like, oh, no, come come in. Come in. Have some food with us. So the thing about Jesus that's really cool is when he comes to your house, he becomes the host. Right? So once Jesus came in, he's like, OK, I'll stay, guys. You convinced me. He already knew he was going to stay. He, you know, he put, it, he put it in their head. That's what leaders do. Like, when you're leading somebody, you put it in their head on, like, in their mind what you want them to do. That's, a lead, that's leadership 101. So, and then they do it. And it's like their idea, and you raise up the leader, and it's encouraging. It's great. So they invited Jesus over, and the moment they realized it was Jesus is when he broke the bread. They're like, whoa, eyes open. And then Jesus disappeared in their sight. They're like, and then that's when they say, where are hearts not burning When we walked with him, where our hearts not, it's like we were so blinded and caught up with our own personal theology of what just happened, our own ideas. We were blinded to the fact that we were walking with the Messiah the whole time until he came into our lives and made himself host in our lives. It's awesome when God comes and interrupts your plans. Listen to this. When we walk a journey with somebody that doesn't know the truth of God and we start telling them, like, you can't live a life like this. You can't do this. You can't identify as this. Especially in today's world. If you start telling people what they can't be or should be or telling people that they shouldn't be doing a certain thing and they don't even know the love of God, nothing's going to change. God had Jesus had their hearts before he told them to stop doing something. He walked with the disciples for 3 years before he told them to stop doubting and start loving. He had their hearts. You can't speak truth into somebody without connection to their heart. I believe this world will change. Revival will happen when we stop telling people, stop doing these sins, A, B, C, D. And we start saying, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you, A, B, C, D. That's the point. That's it. And let the Holy Spirit do the rest. Just love people. We got to fill this church up with hurting, broken people that need love, that want to be seen and heard like, like Zacchaeus. And they're climbing up into their personal church personal de- trees they're climbing up they're saying like we're hurting we want to be seen we want to be heard you can see and hear people and love people without affirming and walk life with them without even saying they're doing something wrong because it's not our job it's Jesus' job listen to this Jesus is building an upside down kingdom where outcasts have their feet washed, the marginalized are welcomed, the dehumanized people feel humanized once again, where truth is upheld, celebrated, and proclaimed, where those who fall short of this truth are loved. Not everybody knows the truth. The disciples didn't even know the truth. The ones that walked every day with Jesus chased out of cities with Jesus they probably laughed with Jesus because Jesus laughs Jesus tells jokes the heart of the father is to humanize the people that have been dehumanized I think God ended creation with us because he's like this is my masterpiece my self-portrait. But we look at the eyes of people that we don't agree with and we don't always see God. We look at the eyes of people that aren't living the best lives and we don't see God. I don't want to be recognized as Christians because we hate. I want to be recognized as Christians because of our love. I want to be recognized and look at people and be like, They're forgiven. Let's love them. I want to fill our church with people that feel lost and are screaming to be seen and heard. We can't walk into a situation and say, you got to stop living this way without even knowing why they're living the way they are living. Without knowing their story, without hearing their hearts. That's what Jesus did. He's like, what's going on in your life? He got the heart of the people. He's like, I want you to walk with me. I don't even see your sin. I just see you as mine. Jesus is building an upside-down kingdom where outcasts have their feet washed, the marginalized are welcomed, and the dehumanized people feel humanized again where truth is upheld, celebrated, and proclaimed, where those who fall short of this truth are loved. Would you stand with me as I close? Let me call the prayer teams up. The city of Rochester is filled with people that don't. okay because these are the people that need the love of God and when that truth becomes revealed when Jesus becomes their host becomes the host in their lives becomes the center everything will break they will be set free because truth sets us free and it's easy you just love Stop telling people what they can't do and let the Holy Spirit infect their hearts in the best way. Change will happen when we start to love. Hearts will change when we start to love. So I just want to pray as we close. hearts are just stirred today to go out and reach somebody that and apologize almost where we apologize to ourselves and repent that we haven't loved the best way. We haven't loved the best way. I'm speaking as, as the, the, not necessarily anybody here but the church as a whole. When We're blasted on media for being in the place of hate. The problem I don't want media to have a chance to say, Oh, they're Christians because they hate. I want them to say they're Christians because they love. Father, thank you so much for Encounter Church, Lord. Thank you for this service, Lord. Thank you that I was just able to pour out my heart for your, your people, Lord. Lord, I pray and I repent right now of anything that has gotten in the way of your love or me sharing your love to people. Your love comes first because an encounter with your love changes everything. And it may be a journey. It may be a long distance for it to be fully understood, for it to fully click, it may be a journey, Lord. But I pray right now that people come to the minds of everybody here that they need to walk a journey with and show, shower your love upon them without any other agenda, without any other uh, motive than just to share love. We want to see change in our city. Putting a law in place is not going to change it. You want to see change? It starts with love. It starts with love. Thank you, Jesus.